0: welcome back to black hole couch reviews i'm your host christina we are here to talk about a debut series for the podcast this is preacher season one episode one the pilot now we are going to do some behind the curtains i just want to ask Piers, maybe grab a pencil take some notes i'm about to drop now. Where we will discuss a little background information regarding, um, you know, the show, the creators, introduce the actors, who's the main cast. So that, you know, going forward, we know who we are uh, at least referencing and everyone gets their uh, gets their kudos. So this show is based on a comic by uh, Garth Ennis and Stephen Dillon. It is a pretty raunchy comic if you've never read this comic <laughs> you might be a little surprised on what is in store but if you have read the comics then you know that this is quite one of those rides it deals with a lot of things that i think the show creators who are uh the show was developed by sam caitlin seth rogan which we all know, and Evan Goldberg, who we also know in reference to Seth Rogen. (laughs) So, comedy that is up their alley, part childish, but also with some rather deeper commentary. It follows three main characters, Tulip O'Hare, which we met in this episode, Jesse Custer, and Pranius Cassidy. Uh, who we met as well in this episode, and a few others. The character of Tulip O'Hare in the comic has been racially bent. So she was a Caucasian woman, very blue-eyed, blonde hair, and they definitely changed that perspective, and it lends to a lot of the success of this TV series, in my humble opinion. But let's see who our main characters are now that we have who it's developed on, what it's based on. Uh, Our main character, Jesse Custer, is played by Dominic Cooper. I have not seen many of his movies. He's not one of my favorite actors. But he plays our uh, preacher title character, Joseph Gilgun who some of you may know from a few other shows such as uh, Misfits. He also was in Emmerdale and I believe he's in a current, um, oh, what is it? I think it's Brassic uh, that he has on a few, Channel 4, British TV. But he plays the vampire named Cassidy And then we have Ruth Nega, who plays Tulip O'Hare. Now, she used to be dating the main character. They were together for quite some time, Dominic Cooper. Uh, They are no longer together, the last I checked, but I, I didn't recently Google it. But she is known for her work in Loving and a few other films I've seen of hers. We do have a few other characters we'll see this first season. Lucy Griffiths as Emily Woodrow, which is the single mother and waitress and the church organist. WE or W. Earl Brown as Sheriff Hugo Root. Derek Wilson as Donnie Sneck. Ian Coletti as Eugene aka Space. and I'm sure you could put together why? Uh, Tom Broke as fear. Anatol Youssef as DeBlanc. We've seen these characters, but they have not introduced themselves. So I'm going to allow the show to do that. There's a few other characters that have yet to be introduced. So I'm not going to pull forth their names. But Graham McTavish stars as well as Pip Horrens and some other people in later seasons. Um, I believe Pip Torrens has only made a cameo in this first season and that is the conclusion of our behind the curtains segment for this show now in regards to this first episode it was directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg story by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and Sam Catlin teleplay by Sam Catlin premiered May 22nd of 2016 And I gave it an 8.9 out of 10. It was a good introduction to each character. You get a little bit about them and where our setting is. And (laughs) if you're an African-American female, you're going, oh, Lord, girl. Wouldn't catch me around here. I mean, I'm sure the people staying here don't have much of a choice, but some do. Some do. I should caveat, I have watched this series once before. This is not my first go through. However, um, I remember I used to write novels into Heroes of Noise podcasts. (laughs) Because I had so many thoughts and opinions. And I never really got to analyze the show the way I wanted to. And now that I have my own little platform, it's been on my bucket list for a while and we are finally here to do it. So if you want to join along in the journey, definitely send feedback to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com or leave a comment below on this podcast or tweet, whatever. And uh, I'll make sure to leave your comments in the feedback section for the next podcast. With that said, I will not be spoiling anything in future episodes or future seasons. I will only be referencing the television show, not any of the comics, not comparisons. This is a raw television experience. And I think that's enough seven minutes in for us to go ahead and jump into the actual recap. We start in outer space. Alarm bell sound as a white force with a baby cry zooms through planets and satellites alike. A preacher in Africa says something is coming, that light and darkness are at war, but that a prophet is on his way. As he speaks of the word of God, the entity, or speaking of what the word of God is going to bring forth, the entity from space collides into his body. They say it's a miracle and I'm like, no, someone called 911. Help me, help me, nigga. He says, be quiet when he gets up and the room instantly goes silent and proclaims himself the prophet and the chosen one before exploding. Hey bro, what? Oh my God the entity then leaves the church cross upside down jesse's dad tells him to make a promise as he's placed on his knees or keep a promise before waking himself and dressing in the robes of the title or character the preacher though this one drinks and smokes and i don't know i mean sure those type of preachers that probably might molest you might also carry these habits uh the sign has been changed to say open your ass and holes to jesus not your hearts and and i don't even know what the other one was it's it was better the way it was he corrects the sign before walking back up that long ass drive that drive alone i'm like ooh, that's two miles in texas the texas heat i cannot even imagine i'm not going to texas clearly y'all should know this about me by now (laughs) I'm not taking my black ass to Texas I know there are some places for us but there are also some that are not I do not know how to traverse that on my own and I'm not sure I'm just going to trust some rando so I guess I'm never going to Texas he gives an absolute atrocious sermon missing a page of his notes but afterwards it's family community barbecue where we all get drunk in front of our children and shoot guns at helpless animals A kid grabs a beer and interrupts the preacher's talk with Ted who complains about his mother's controlling ways. He tells him his dad Donnie is hurting his mom and wants the preacher to hurt his dad seeing as he did things before he became a preacher. He gets lost in the violence or the thought of doing said violence to Donnie who's the guy shooting at helpless animals. But he tells the kid look I'll help you some other way I'm just not about to mess him up. Jesse is also not a religious man, despite his profession. On the radio broadcast, we hear that Chief Red Savage, I don't even know, you know, why that would be a problem at all, is replaced by the more politically correct Pedro the Prairie Dog. And if you guys did not realize I was being sarcastic, I was before. You never know, man. You just never know who's like, oh, you said no, that I was being very facetious at that moment saying why would you ever in 2016 have a mascot i mean we just got rid of stop calling them the fucking indians you know why we call indians indians why the caucasian people did or the colonials is because fucking stupid ass christopher columbus thought he found india so he called the natives indians that's where we fucking get the word from so yeah let's please stop (laughs) being so damn racist i mean just ridiculously racist (laughs) even know where the fuck he was he just made assumptions dark skin dark skin you must be indians Ah, this history (laughs) anyhow prairie the prairie dog pedro is causing major civil unrest that sheriff is isn't interested in stopping as the poor new mascot is not only harassed but physically beaten in public while jesse the preacher drinks and the sheriff has a conversation about how he needs to come and visit his son eugene who has been leaving some messages even though he says he doesn't care he tells the sheriff jesse that is that donnie is beating his wife but the sheriff will only hear a formal complaint well this is not how that works i will hear a formal complaint not gossip and tells him since he's been in town you know since you came to your daddy's that's how you know you're down south somewhere uh he's been quiet and he should keep it that way i will say i was of two minds about it because yes someone in an abusive situation always can't come forward but at the same time as in what happened in this scenario, you do need to listen to a formal complaint. Three hundred thousand feet up, Cassidy, the flight attendant, is entertaining heavily. I'm in love with the coke. coke, 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 coke. I'm in love with the coke. coke, coke, coke. I got it for the. Lord. I'm convinced if I ever snorted coke, I would just die. So there's no chance of that actually happening. Uh, while he's taking a bathroom break, he finds a Bible when he's looking for something to wash his hands with or wipe his hands with, and it makes him pleased, and we're not sure why. Then a fight ensues between the men, and it is revealed that Cass himself is a vampire. As the plane crashes, he grabs a bottle of blood before jumping outside with an umbrella. That catch-up transition was disgusting, but also hilarious um the fight scene was also very cool very nice introduction that this is someone who uh who's on the run because he says how do you guys find me he even has that conversation with someone on the phone about the fact that he keeps being found so people humans are aware there's vampires and they are trying to hunt and kill them it highlights the fantastical world that this is opening up and this is only episode 1. Ted is still talking about his mama. Shut up, just shut up. Shut up. Shut up, just shut up. Shut up. Wow, Jessie, Emily and her three children have breakfast at what is the equivalent of Denny's. The manager comes over. It's like, "So, I just sat down to table." She's like, "I'm on my break." <laughs> Apparently, Walter called in and she gets snappy at him saying that it's his job to check up on him miles the mayor stops by to try to flirt with emily but she shuts him down real quick because they're discussing church business which is basically how do we sell ourselves like the mega churches do because that's what mega churches need to and let's not even go into the whole problem with mega churches in the first place like why do i need to be raffling off like it's oprah just to get people in the church so you can put money and you pay for y'all all just going in for a raffle? This is what we have reduced this for. A raffle in a fashion sub show with petty old folks. Wrinkled, self-righteous. <sighs> Brings back memories. Unpleasant ones. Jesse asks, why you treating that man like that? It's been three years since Kevin. Why don't you make yourself available? She's like, I am available. You're just disinterested. <laughs> he clearly was like, she was moon eyeing him and he was staring off into the <laughs> Into the distance, as if he already left that conversation the minute he asked the question. In Africa, two men dressed like safari uh, hunters show up to investigate the church where the man exploded. Jesse checks on Walter, who is half naked on his couch. He sees a gun and hears the shower running, then a female voice singing, and Bales tossing Walter's shirt at him, saying he should have given him some warning. She comes out naked singing You're So Vain, watching his truck drive away. And this is our first peek at Tulip. Our full intro comes in Kansas when Tulip is in a shootout in a purple car with two men. She is swerving or a dead corpse is hitting the gas pedal, causing her to swerve through a cornfield fighting over a map. She does a Tyson Holyfield, or is it Tyson on Holyfield? He, she bit the man's ear off. Then she kicked him out of the car, kicked him in the nuts, and shoved a corn stalk down his throat before meeting two children who are totally down with arts and crafts with a psycho. And uh, she tells them there are more bad men on the way. We also learned that her love ran away from her, She says, when you find love, like you don't need a man for anything, but if you ever find love and it runs away, leaves you, you need the strength to track their ass down and eat them alive. So she's got some beef, some things she's got to get off her chest. Then she says it's time to play hide and seek and puts them in the storm shelter, tells them to ignore all the noises from the handmade bazooka that she made with the kids toys (laughs) It's the moonshine. Pandemonium has popped off outside. And once it does go quiet, the kids decide to come out the shelter. And she's like, So it was nice meeting you. I'm gonna get in my car now. Just ignore all the dead bodies. That little girl was in absolute and utter awe. Jesse is still having flashbacks of his daddy getting shot and visits Ken Cannon Meatpacking. Cassidy is all types of messed up as he uh, lost his bottle of regenerating blood and he is a little spread out from his body. But a cow stumbles upon him and now we know where's the beef. (laughs) Jesse visits Donnie's wife, Betsy, Who admits that Donnie does hurt her, beat her, even uh, took a hot comb and sizzled her? I don't know. Goes into very vivid detail about what we think is abuse, except it's not abuse. She likes it. Back in Russia, not back in because we didn't go there, but you get what I mean. In Russia, the two men are investigating a familiar scene as at this demonic church the same thing happened to the preacher in africa and uh they're all freaking out about it jesse and tulip meet up in her car about a job but he is disinterested they both apologize about a past but he isn't with her philosophy so she punches him about moving on and just being who they are he tells her i don't hate you tulip i wouldn't know how she replies, well, don't make me teach you.
1: Nobody fucks with the
0: Jesus. I really love Tulips uh, or Negas. look in this um, <laughs> episode in particular, this look in the car. She has a lot of looks, but this one was one of my favorites. I love the hat and the shirt and everything about it. Um, he doesn't think that this is the right path or he doesn't not think this is the right path for him trying to be a preacher, trying to be good. She says, we are who we are, but he's not ready to give up, even though she said it was stupid to come back here. Jesse goes to see Eugene, Sheriff Root's wife is catatonic. And while Sheriff Root doesn't come off as the nicest individual, it is a little sad that he has a son who is disfigured and then a wife who isn't you know, able to communicate with him. And we even heard him speaking to himself. So he's living in a in a huge one-way conversation. Um, he talks to Eugene, who is a kid with the mouth of an asshole. We'll get that story, I'm sure. He doesn't think God wants him to be at church for what he did. Jesse absolves him, saying, if you're sorry, then God doesn't have a choice. Like, there's nothing... You're sorry, it's all good in the hood. But he says God doesn't talk to him anymore and wonders if some things are simply unforgivable. Jesse replies, If you need him, he has to be there for you. Otherwise, what's the point? That is a very cynical viewpoint in general because, I mean, it's almost to say, Well, we need to be friends because if you're not here for me as a friend, then what's the point of being a friend? I get what you're saying. In some contexts, but at the same time, if you're only in the friendship so that people will owe you things later on, what is the actual basis of friend of that friendship? Is it purely materialistic in some manner? That's maybe not even the right word, but um, yeah, it's a uh, quite a relationship one can have though with their with their God if that is something that you believe in god doesn't hold grudges he says and i'm like whoa 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 what about the folks that destroyed that temple what about when he destroyed the fucking world except for noah i mean what about all the shit he did in the old testament god doesn't hold grudges even i know that is a lie the lie detector says that is a lie Tom Cruise, they learned on the news, has died in the Church of Scientology. <laughs> the entity had exploded him. And I was like, you know, I'm okay with this. I'm totally okay if this was an actual news cycle. I'd be like, oh, so, uh, those aliens, right? They're, uh, repurposing you back for your, I don't know, I, I really... I can't make... I I mean, I can a little bit. Um, It's all a lot of fiction. But as far as um, the entity, it seems to be going from like a completely Christian person to a demonic person. Now a completely, you know, atheistic type of mindset through different religions. So it looks like it's looking for something to bond with in these religions and he's not or it's not finding that Cassidy meets Jesse for the first time by walking into the bar but Jesse cannot understand a word he is saying because he's Irish Donnie and his confederates the fact that confederates be reenacting in that it's still a thing (laughs) everything about that just just screams kick their ass please please heavily kick their ass and he confronts jess about the jesse about the fact that he visited his wife he tells him that his son is going to get a whooping too because he was talking talking personal business outside he could have just asked me and while once again i found myself at a a moral crux because all he did say is, I know what he said, and someone else needs a whooping, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you spread his shit, you could've came to your mama, you could've came to me, whatever the case may be, there's nothing to say he would've beat the boy, but of course, um, that's how Jesse took it, and because he's in a confederate outfit, we're not really trying to see your point of view anyway, so... Jesse tells him, look, you ain't gonna like it because you're gonna hear a noise like a bunny caught in a track if things escalate. Then the preacher whoops everyone's ass when Donnie escalates it and then breaks the bone through the skin of Donnie's arm. This is fucking scary and gross, okay? Sheriff fruit, arrest them. It's like you and your your weird little friend. He's like, what did I do? All I did was toss out <laughs> the chair because Cassidy didn't like uh. And being attacked from behind, and not only that, he's like, I really don't like people who dress up <laughs> and reenact shit. So they're arrested, and while they're in the tombs, Cassidy says, like, "What kind of preacher are you?" Equating his life to the beginning of a country song <laughs> when he tells him all about it, and he wonders how he ended up in Anvil, Texas, and he's like, "Oh, so you now now know where you are." He admits Tulip was right. only says she though that he should have never came back jesse gets bail and we see another flashback jesse made a promise which landed him back in anvil texas he said he broke that promise a thousand times before deciding to keep it so he's committed but cassidy isn't down the faith type and thinks that life without hope is rather fantastic So that's when Emily comes and gets him. I laugh when he asks the the guard, like, do you have any spare curtains around here? (laughs) He's like, no, I'm being serious. Uh, The kids are playing with the tablet with Jesse and he admits that he's quitting and that she was an asset. She tells him she isn't going to beg him to stay because he really wasn't here anyway. And he's like, okay. (laughs) So we did that and walks away. So she gets mad when the kids start to fight, breaks their tablet, throws it back at them and says, share it <laughs> as much as I was like, that's fucking cold blooded. I can, I can see her being there. I, I can see any woman quite frankly, being there. there are times I'm just like, give it to me. I'm going to break it and throw it out the window and no one has it. Guess what? No one has it. Jesse goes into the church to pray for the last time and demands an answer from God, or he's done. He asks for forgiveness, and this is what he wants. He wants to be forgiven for all the things that he's done, and he wants to know in his soul through the voice of God that he has been. That's the only thing he will accept is God's pardon. When he doesn't answer, he says, Fuck you actually says fuck you too before the child entity enters the church much more cautiously and then enters him in a flashback we get the full promise he wants him to be one of the good guys because there's way too many of the bad seeing as he is meant for bigger things he starts to cry but he says we custers don't cry we fight and i think that this is part of his psychology that unfortunately is where his emotions should be and i'm sure we'll talk a lot about this but this does seem to me a mantra that's ingrained especially as this came with his father having his head blown off right in front of him jesse wakes three days later to emily nursing him cassidy was the one that found him passed out in the church then promptly moved himself in the attic since he is supposed to be laying low he also doesn't have any money ted is back and jesse tells him the same words that he's always told him on the way to church be brave tell her the truth open your heart ted runs off repeating these words amazing grace has never been so butchered in all my life jesse vows at the pulpit not to quit that he's been invigorated with faith that he's failed them but he will start to lead his flock he will cool the wrathful and we see tulip and free the picked on like eugene welcomes those that are lost like our cassidy like is Isca- i don't know words right now and speak forth the word of god that is his pledge Ted goes to sarasota florida to mom's nursing home recanting jesse's words still telling mom the truth sitting down next to her she's like what are you doing here look mom you're really rude you're disrespectful you really need to know i'm your only son and treat me better and then he says he needs to open his heart to her so he takes the knife he took from the table cuts into his chest and exposes his heart to her Just as Jesse is declaring that he's come home to save them, the two men now in cowboy clothes are in Anvil. They're a little weird. And they declare that it is here before heading to Jesse's church. And that is how we end the episode. I think the biggest questions are, who are these two men? Uh, What is this entity? Does Jesse now have a power? And how are the gang going to get together? I've said all I needed to say. Let's hop into the feedback.
1: Christina is me Shai. I am here to um talk about this very interesting show that you have put on this schedule, Preacher, Season one, Episode One. Wow. How do I feel? <laughs> About this show. Wookie dokey. (laughs) Alrighty. Um, okay. Um, wow. Uh, I don't, I don't, wow. (laughs) It was, um, it was definitely, uh, kept my attention i i will say that i didn't know what this show was about um and so it started off with a bang literally (laughs) and it just um okay it 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 kept on going so of course i got to see right away that um this is gonna be gory there's gonna be some gore in this so that got my attention right off the bat of course i'm like what the hell is going on and then yeah so we are introduced to the preacher jesse and um we see that he's not really good at it we see a flashback of his dad being killed for some reason which i'm sure we'll learn about in some future episode and uh yeah so we're introduced to him we're introduced to cassidy which is rudy (laughs) your buddy rudy and um it's nice to see that You know he still has some grossness to him, (laughs) but it's not bad. So thank God it's uh it's not it's uh he's not that character. I mean he still um says what's ever on his mind and all that good stuff, but it's not a uh, not so far I'm not getting the Rudy vibe. So that's good. So. Um, looks like he's an alien or demon or supernatural figure. I don't know. Because when he jumped out of the... Pl- of course, that whole plane scene. I'm like, yeah, this definitely isn't Rudy. Because <laughs> he was beating some serious ass in that um, on that plane. Um, I wasn't quite sure what was going on. He looked at the Bible. So I guess they were hunting him. These are demon slayers that were on the plane i don't know or or no they're they're spirits i don't know some spiritual warfare is going on um he jumps out of the plane after you know killing everybody and then we see him on the ground later with his parts everywhere and i'm like ew he kills a cow I guess he needs blood to be able to, um, what do you call it, reform, I guess, go back into his human form, um, so, uh, is it a coincidence that he ended up in the same town as Preacher? Doesn't appear to be, but maybe, I don't know, um, but yeah. So, we're introduced to Tulip, the other girl from that you mentioned that was uh, on Misfits. And, um, yeah, her, her introduction was quite the, it's like all of them, well, Cassidy and Tulip, their entrances were, yeah, it was quite the entrance, to say the least. So, she's kicking some serious butt in a car. The car is driving along while she shot some dude and fight some other dude and ended up at these poor kids' house. <laughs> Their daddy not home, so they out there by themselves and she makes a cannon? She said a bazooka out of, I don't know how she did that, but some yeah, she put something together to shoot down an airplane. I'm not quite sure what her story is in regards to that um, but that girl definitely was looking at her with stars in her eyes I was like oh boy uh, <laughs> I could see her future down the line she's gonna get in, herself in some trouble daddy look out so of course um, it's quite questionable why a 10 year old and a, I guess a little brother could be seven or eight home alone daddy and it's dark and daddy still ain't home but it's that's how it is and that type of uh happens all the time happens all the time I was a latchkey kid myself I was a whole lot younger than that but no I don't say a whole lot younger it's like eight anyways no yeah seven eight so um What else you see this supernatural being the one that is going around and going into people and exploding I'm not quite sure what's going on with that or why that's happening and then it finally went into Jesse but it managed to inhabit his body and not I guess he's the right host for whatever this entity needs i guess i'm not kidding he's not he's religious but not completely religious not like far to the left or right or whatever i don't know obviously that'll all make sense hopefully at some other point um i cracked up when they said tom cruise exploded i'm like (laughs) yeah so i guess he's part of the uh extreme religious people is that why they explode because they're extreme in their beliefs um i'm guessing i don't know then we see these two guys that are showing up to this to the scenes um curious as to who they are um are they the um you call it ghostbusters kind of people I don't know. So, obviously, we're agents of some world, out of worldly. Who knows? Obviously, I'm not supposed to know who they are at this point in time. We meet Eugene. And I'm really curious about what his story is, what happened to him. Because um, that was definitely. I was not expecting that. So, obviously, Jesse and Tulip had a thing. And she tells them that, you know, they are who they are and um, they're not capable of changing but Jesse was trying to change keeping the promise to his dad I um, am again very interested in learning more about that what's going on with that um like why was his father killed what's you know why did they keep Jesse alive I mean he was obviously there and they had no qualms about you know keeping the you know, him alive while they kill his father so that's very interesting um i <laughs> i did peep him uh smiling while he's fighting that dude that one dude donnie so and uh i'm like i i was at one point grossed out when he broke that dude's arm and the other hand it was cracking up because i'm like he did warn you <laughs> He was, oh my, holy cow, this dude. Oh wow, I can't wait to hear more about his other life because damn, he, he did some things apparently. So, of course, uh, I don't even know the guy's name, the one that was saying, be brave, tell the truth, open your heart. Uh, that was a, a huge WTF moment. Cause uh, I knew something was gonna happen. I thought he was going to explode. I was like, Oh God, is this dude gonna explode? Cause as he's saying the word, chanting the words, as he's leaving on the plane, in the car, to his moms, I'm like, Is he gonna sit there and tell his mom the truth and then explode? I was trying to prepare myself for it, but it didn't happen. So it was much worse. <laughs> homeboy got a knife excuse me got a knife stabbed himself pulled out his heart and literally gave it like he lit like like the words were to tell him to literally do it just open your heart like here you go mom oh my gosh that was crazy of course before all that he's in the church and this thing is coming at him and i'm like why is he standing there i'm sorry i'm trying i'm out peace i mean i'm gonna try to be out i mean whether it gets me or not that's to be seen but i'm not gonna just stand there but he just stood there i guess he was in shock he didn't know what the hell was going on i don't know but the thing went into him um, so I'm really curious as to what Cassidy is about. Did he Does he sense the demon or whatever supernatural being inside Jesse? Is that why he's sticking around? Did he see him as a potential host? Because, uh, I know it's, it can't be a coincidence that he's there. Um, and then now these other two dudes, uh, are there. So... Obviously, a lot of questions, not a lot of answers, but of course, it's episode one of season one, so that's to be expected, but definitely intrigued by this show um, yeah i I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to prepare myself for the gore. I'm not a huge fan of gore. But, you know, I'm okay with some. Um, so that's gonna be some something I gotta get my mind right for. Um but yeah, um I'll that's all I got. Um I it's not I mean it's not much for me to say. I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on. Um, so that's all gonna play out and then I'll have more things to say but yeah I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing so far so let's do this until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy
0: that was shy's thoughts regarding that first episode yeah there's going to be a lot of questions not a lot of answers not at this stage but some interesting, I, I think you're following just great, interesting word choices. You mentioned spiritual warfare. Uh, I too was a latch kid key. Uh, I, I, I didn't even heard that, that terminology uh, latch key kid. I think I said it the other way. <laughs> kid key. But um, yeah, I was walking down the street by myself at like 8. <laughs> and I don't mean like, oh from down the street to the other nah nah it was it was some blocks it was across traffic and shit so i mean some parents they have to work and unfortunately there's no money for childcare, and and they have to trust their children and it's scary it's scary um it's definitely a different time in a different world there's that um And I always have to go back to, you know, we didn't always have security systems, but there's a reason why we got him. Um, And I will say about the, the Jesse scene, the entity scene, he asked for a sign from God so he wouldn't run if he thought he was getting one. And since this seemed to happen directly after that, I think that's where he felt compelled and now he feels he's been reinvigorated. To save the flock because this was the sign he was looking for but a lot more to come i i hope the rundown at the beginning of the podcast gives you a little bit more insight this show it can be a little raunch a little ratchet a little gory um but uh, definitely a lot deep and some really good character development work as well and a lot of humor a lot of crazy humor and rudy it is a different character <laughs> certainly than Cassidy Cassidy is his own thing so that is where we're going to leave it this week again blackgirlcouch at if you want to record something to me um 10 minutes or less if you want to send anything recorded or you can send a written email you can leave a comment below on this podcast or tweet out my social medias will be there as well Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.